when you want to have a difficult conversation with somebody don't send an email have the conversation in person we do a lot of conversations text conversations with our customers either on chat mostly on chat on whatsapp and uh, what what my biggest learning is that exactly this that the text when you write to somebody you don't know how that person is reading it because it how they take it in is determined by their mood at that point in time i mean applying common sense which i realized later we forget sometimes because we so involved in a certain process in a certain methodology of doing things that basic common sense people don't go with a lot of time half of the times in corporate you end up seeing people saying oh this is too easy of a solution it needs to be the most sophisticated complicated solution that solves this problem distinguishing between having that titular position as well as creating that feeling that we're all working together that's very hard to do is it a, a high performance team versus a family you know those kind of yeah. things we actually talk about in office i just want to highlight you know there was this one my my first startup one of my biggest learnings and one of my whatever you know an, an incident that kind of shook me was when i had to let one employee go it ended up really bad maybe it was the way i communicated it was the first time i was having this kind of a conversation with someone maybe it was in the manner in which i conveyed the message or maybe it was not taken well by the other party it ended up being a very ugly conversation a lot of people now want to start something on their own because they end up saying why oh, i want to be my own boss don't get into it till the time you are ready to give it your all for the next 8 to 10 years entrepreneurship has probably become fancy these days the fact that you can be your own boss you don't have to report to anybody yes those are you know the perk the positive way of looking at it but there is a whole other side to it which nobody tells you in fact it doesn't even come out in discussions in forums it's always the success that is celebrated Hi everyone. We're beginning this very interesting season of the EITF project with episode 7 and an interview with Prerna Butani. So what's special about this episode? When we look back on our conversation, we feel like this was a behind the scenes look at what a startup founder goes through every day in terms of business, career, team and professional building. Prerna lays it all out on the table, the good, bad and ugly when it comes to being a startup founder and trying to make it as an entrepreneur. Before we give away too much of the episode, let's talk about her career a little. Prerna, like a lot of us, started out as an engineer with PCS in India. She says in her interview that her experience as an engineer helped her build a lot of core values for the work life that she leads today. Prerna went on to do her MBA in marketing from the Indian Institute of Management, Lucknow, from 2006 to 2008. It was during these years that the entrepreneurial bug hit her as she got exposed to planning and creating business plans during her MBA courses. She even won a few. the plan competitions with her ideas of organizing home services in india post her mba she took up product marketing and branding opportunities with aditya birla group have you ever heard this transition from engineering to product marketing what was that like let us know in the comments the urge to start something of her own made her quit the safety of a corporate world and she co-founded one call india india's first 
online home services company. It helped customers book and track various home services for electricians, plumbers, carpenters, etc. Can you think of other such companies that you have competed with? Let us know. But the concept was ahead of its time back then and did not scale. So Prerna joined another early stage startup as a co-founder and helped scale that for a couple of years. After another stint at India's largest car portal car trade, she moved to the other side to enter the venture capital ecosystem. She served as a partner of an early stage fund, India Quotient, for 5 years and worked with companies like Sugar Cosmetics, Fab Alley, Jiva, and many more during their early days. Now she has once again started up in a space that is close to her heart. Her startup Zeme Fresh is creating a new space of fresh beauty products in the market inspired by home remedies that have existed in Indian households for generations. Zeme Fresh was born out of Prerna's personal journey of a girl born in the 80s who was swayed by commercial beauty products and ended up damaging her hair by their excessive use as she grew older. Zeme Fresh also offers experiences for hair and skin through ayurvedic facials, hair spas, natural services for curly hair and a lot more. Visit their website at zemefresh.com to learn more. project and for this episode we have someone um who I've known for a very long time but uh, I've never really had a chance to sit down and talk with her so I'm very excited for this one we are talking to the founder of Zeem Fresh uh, Prerna Bhutani uh, she's going to be joining us for the interview today and we have a lot to learn from her especially those folks who are based out of India who are trying to be entrepreneurs this is going to be a good one for you welcome to the show Prerna thank you thanks for a very sweet introduction likewise i've been looking forward to this for a very long time so yeah let's get into it i'll dive right into the first question we kind of go back uh, to the first job that you that you've had and we always start there because we feel like your first job and your first career always shapes where you are eventually so what was your first job when you started out and what was say one accomplishment that you felt you had in your career your first accomplishment and what was your first misstep and what did you learn from either one very interesting uh so i started out as uh, as an engineer as a software engineer uh, straight out of college my first job was with tcs in india in mumbai i have to say i mean i worked a lot after that many years but i have to say that was my best ever work life because uh, you know 
one you just straight out of college you're so junior nobody really i mean there's not too much responsibility on your head and there's everything to learn that way it was a great experience a lot of mistakes but one of the great uh, things that I, I still remember you know an accomplishment in that sense was so we were working for this uh, client g money the team was stuck with some we i mean there was a change in terminology overall in terms of their business etc and the software was coded to have that same terminology so that they could work on it and mid project all this changed and the sudden impact of that was because those changes were there we had to go back and recode a lot of those things because whatever names were given to modules etc it was simple thing it was just name but the way it was uh, being projected and internally in our team was that uh, we you know we need so many man hours and the client was stuck because it meant a lot of cost addition I mean, additional cost for them uh, and I remember that time to me, uh, it was something very basic. I just, I came up with some very basic solution of renaming just the current variable that we were using in the code. And, and I started getting a lot of praises for it. And I was wondering why this was like a very basic thing, a very logical thing for anybody to do. Why were people not even thinking about it? And I was a junior most in the team at that time. So I, you know, I still remember it after so many years because that was like the first big accomplishment for me in that sense it was not something great technologically that i did but i think the whole i mean applying common sense which i realized later we forget sometimes because we're so involved in a certain process and a certain methodology of doing things that basic common sense people don't uh, you know go with a lot of times and i remember it because i said okay something that basic how can it not be obvious to people so that was that was like my first whatever accomplishment in that sense a lot of mistakes yes of course because uh, you know as a uh, as a young engineer there are many things you don't know there are many things you don't i think i think one of the biggest things is you are not politically inclined at that point so to be able to navigate uh, relationships and managing impressions i think that was something I learned in that job. Uh, but yeah, mis did a lot of mistakes around that as well. Just, you know, not knowing how to navigate the system, I think was was a big learning there. Interesting you bring that, hey, common sense was key over here because half of the times in corporate, you end up seeing people saying, oh, this is too easy of a solution. It needs to be the most sophisticated, complicated solution that solves this problem. And people just have forgotten how to do basic problem solving, which is apply common sense, basically. Yeah. And, you know, I can relate to your um, missteps one, because I feel like the navigating the political scene of a company is, is, is very important in general. Uh, the first lesson that I learned in terms, there were two very important lessons that I learned. One was, uh, whenever I was complimented, right, it's very hard to take a compliment. What do you say? Oh, you're great. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's very hard. Um, so the first lesson that I learned was just say thank you and smile. Um, and uh, the second one was um, when you want to have a difficult conversation with somebody, don't send an email. Have the conversation in person. No, I'm saying very interesting that you bring that up because we now, uh, you know, we'll get into more about Zeme, but uh, we we do a lot of conversations, text conversations with our customers, either on chat, mostly yeah. on chat, on WhatsApp. And uh, what what my biggest learning is that exactly this that the text, you know, the when you write to somebody, the yeah. you don't know how that person is reading it because it, a lot is determined by how they take it in is determined by their mood at that point in time. The same line can be read very differently 
by different people and we we suffered because of that okay so totally get what you're saying in this day and age of emojis you can add as much as you want but it still comes out a certain way to the other person yeah like i think context matters a whole lot right like a particular piece of text contextually can mean something to someone and something to another person so moving on like what are some of your significant challenges that you have faced uh, in your career you started off at tcs and then now you are an individual entrepreneur you run your company what significant challenges have you seen how have you overcome those challenges and anything that stands out that you think our listeners should take away from this Actually, you know what I I'm going to add to that. I did a little bit of research on your career journey on LinkedIn. It's it's very interesting because you started as an engineer and then you you went into product marketing somehow and then you started you know thinking about entrepreneurship and things like that. I think almost every engineer who starts out is kind of introduced to the customer right in the first stage, and that's kind of how sometimes you take the leap and you go into product marketing and in a different direction, and sometimes. um you know you want to stay an engineer so you go into development and you know take that route so um yeah what what are the different challenges you faced when moving from an engineering mindset to a product marketing kind of mindset actually i wouldn't i wouldn't say challenges because uh, i think the engineering education and you know the uh, having worked in in that space for a couple of years before i went in for my mba that kind of sets you you know there's a certain um um uh, reasoning that you that becomes inherent in your mind that you start questioning everything logically and building everything from first principles and i think that's the biggest takeaway for me from from my engineering days so you know even when we got into you know post mba well you're supposed to manage and sell and you know uh, i went into marketing completely and even worked a couple of jobs after that in uh, in the marketing space but i think uh, the the logical reasoning approach that engineering teaches you and especially in, you know i was i was a software engineer coding for good two years before i went in for my mba i think that kind of sets you up for a lot of things uh, later in life which we don't realize at that time in in the world of entrepreneurship when you have to hire people and you have to manage their expectations uh, that learning uh, i mean that that's i this challenge has become even more apparent because uh, it's i think this is a skill that nobody teaches you uh, it it does it comes only with experience and it comes only after you make mistakes so that's been that's been i mean it's still a continuous learning i'm not saying i've i've become good at it even yet even now but uh, yeah you you tend to become better at it as as you keep making more mistakes so i i just want to highlight you know there was this one my my first startup one of my biggest learnings and one of my whatever you know an, an incident that kind of shook me was when i had to let one employee go and uh, it ended up really bad maybe it was the way i communicated it was the first time i was having this kind of a conversation with someone so maybe it was in the manner in which i conveyed the message or maybe it was not taken well by the other party it ended up being a very ugly conversation in the sense i mean even to the extent that this person walked out of the room that we were having a chat and stood there and kind of you know said very loudly very bad things in front of the entire office and imagine i was i was this was my first couple of months into it and yeah. i was shocked i didn't know how to step out of that room so but then i think 
you become better at handling expectations of people i think i have become better at it so yeah these are that's been my biggest challenge and my biggest learning is what i would say. when especially when you're an entrepreneur right um you have to work with the team rather than like the team working for you i mean they do work for you in a sense like you have the titular position of the founder of the company but at the end of the day if you are going to be successful you have to work with the team right distinguishing between having that titular position as well as you know creating that feeling that we're all working together that's very hard to do right it is yeah yeah and also so it's also about what you want to create right and this is again like i said for me it's been a journey eventually now i start to th- i started to think about what kind of company culture do i want to create and you know we've ta- started talking about is it a you know a a high performance team versus a family you know those kind of yeah. things we actually talk about in office and we we take calls basis that about how we how we go about things but i think i didn't even know this is a way to approach a team earlier uh, so yeah that, that that's why i have made the mistakes that i have in the past i hear you talk about having a pretty much set template i did engineering i worked in software and then i did my mba right so and then it's interesting in your case that uh typically i've seen people either go into the who's and who's in the marketing space or who's and who's in the investment banking space you broke that mold you started something on your own so how does the process look like for example a lot of people now want to start something on their own because they end up saying why oh, i want to be my own boss and i don't want to be reporting to someone up in the chain but not all startups end up becoming successful or not everyone has the right foundation in terms of oh this is the product i have this is the problem that i'm trying to solve so what is that spark that gets to someone where he or she is like okay i am at the space where i want to start something on my own and i am i do have a compelling business use case and a business plan to implement this interesting that you say this i was in fact on a panel yesterday and the exact same question was asked so this is my second startup that i have started from scratch and uh, my my guardrails to doing this always is that don't get into it till the time you are ready to give it your all for the next 8 to 10 years and by all i mean i mean i mean all like there will be sleepless nights there will be emotional upheavals there will be so it's almost as as difficult as uh, raising a baby that's what i i always tell anyone who cares to uh, talk about it because it's the exact same experience uh, and therefore like you know the whole decision to whether become a parent or not is a big one and it's an, you know it's it's something which is which requires long term commitment it's the same uh thought process that i i feel people should have when they want to get into entrepreneurship so the passion of uh wanting to build something uh the being at it all the time knowing that you know there is no you know you will not step out of it even if times become tough exactly like you will never abandon your baby right whatever happens you will still somehow make it grow and make it you know uh into a good human being so those are the things it's i mean they're very very uh, similar uh, in in you know both these things are very similar and i've seen a lot of, so i i am not a parent myself and a lot of my friends have recently become parents and at the same time i started zeme and i see our journeys being very similar it's just that you know these are 
way we've taken two different paths in that sense but the journeys are very similar which is why i'm able to uh, equate these uh, even more uh, having seen this at such close quarters so yeah i mean my my like i said i will always tell people get into it only if there is uh, if if you like really really sure about it uh, because that you know a lot of people like you rightly said entrepreneurship has probably become fancy these days the fact that yeah you will not be your own you can be your own boss you don't have to report to anybody yes those are things those are whatever the you know the perks or uh, the positives uh, the positive way of looking at it but there is a whole other side to it which nobody tells you in fact it doesn't even come out in discussions in forums it's always the success that is celebrated the the hardships that people go through and uh, you know and and the failures that happen those stories don't even come out enough so i i feel that a lot of especially the you know the newer entrepreneurs who are getting into it for the reasons that you just mentioned they probably need to be a little more aware of what the realities are and in fact uh, uh, this is what i was i was I, you know i was telling yesterday to a group of students during the panel discussion if you are not sure if you find it attractive if you think this is something you want to do at a later stage in life go join an early stage startup or go join a founder who's trying to build something maybe intern with them uh, at least get a first hand experience and nowadays the good part especially in india you know startups there just too many of them the whole you know this whole culture is is now beginning to become very mainstream thanks to you know shows like shark tank these are becoming dinner table conversations uh, in in households so the fact that there is so much so many opportunities available uh, that's a great thing so before people get into it without thinking much i think one of the thing they should do is explore understand what it really takes uh, because even if you work in you know as, as an intern for 3 months in a startup you will realize you will you will see the challenges right in front of you and you will realize whether this is for you or not so I mean, take a balanced call is what I always tell people about this. Completely makes sense. A follow-up I had for that was: so, does it make sense when someone's wanting to start on their entrepreneurship journey? To I know you say, hey, treat it like a baby so that you nurture it from its early infancy stages. I see a lot of people that have a side gig where they start something while they have a main full-time job. Will that work when you're trying to establish a brand of your own, or will you? Because at times I've heard people tell me that, dude, I need the hundred percent. Uh, a guarantee that I'm getting my money to put food on the table, but I have a passion to start something on the side. But I've also heard sometimes investors being like, "Hey, are you hundred percent invested in this, or are you hundred percent elsewhere?" And this is just your part-time gig. So, so how do you derive that balance in terms of okay, I am able to put food on the table, but I'm also with conviction able to run. the idea that i think will work best and i can nurture it into a full blown startup you will never be able to create something uh, out of you know very few people are lucky enough that their side gigs become big quickly very difficult to do that uh, for most common people is what i've seen and i you know i've done it myself until i got into even zeme i started as a it was not a side gig but it was like i i was i did not quit my 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 role at the fund completely the whole idea was try out try out something and if it doesn't work come back but until i got into it fully i was never able to give it my all it's almost like you know this is it, it is this or nothing so you have to be in it completely 
and i'm not saying we've done great even after i i uh, you know i've got into it fully but at least i'm thinking what to do next i'm able to problem solve quickly and that's the only thing i'm doing all the time it would have been very difficult for me if this was still a side gig for me my experience also says that and i've seen as an investor so i've i've been an investor before this and we did get companies where people were not willing to you know take that plunge yet and you know they saw a spark uh, they started something uh, as as a passion and then they saw a spark and then they they would come to us and say okay if you invest then i will quit my job for for me as an investor also i need to see that uh, and you know when you when you say investors ask i think that's a very fair ask the person who's starting this is putting their faith in it completely how will somebody else put faith in that idea right so you need to have that conviction yourself that's one and then try to convince somebody else so you know an investor asking that i think is a very very fair ask and at least my opinion on this is uh, if you trying something try it fully or you don't try because yes being if, if the challenge is uh, you want you, you know you are the sole breadwinner for the family and uh, you need to be able to you know you you have to earn that money do that for some time keep a keep aside savings and even if it's a 6 month gig that you want to try for those 6 months take a break and then do it is what i would suggest because in those 6 months you will know whether you will you want to put yourself behind it after you know for the next 8 10 years or not as a side gig it will it will be very difficult for you to even understand because you know you will see some sparks you will want to experiment more on that you will not be able to because there is a day job you know sitting where you have where your where your most of your uh, commitment needs to be and i that's why i think a lot of you will not do you will not be fair to the idea you will not you not do justice to your passion as well and that's what i tell people uh, you know whenever somebody asks about this what do you have to lose a 6 month loss in terms of say career you know what's that the opportunity loss you will have is say a 6 month from your in, in your company right that in a career of so many years will not matter but let's say those 6 months give you something which you discover about the the the, the you know the idea that you that you uh, pursuing or about yourself as well that okay you know maybe i'm a better entrepreneur than uh, a person in a in a in a regular job i think that that is is much more valuable uh, the opportunity loss will not matter in a career of so many years you say that entrepreneurship has become fancy today right everybody um everybody's doing it everybody wants to do it uh, everybody has seen the success stories but i feel like on the flip side the risks of entrepreneurship are also being publicized quite a bit there are tv shows about it in fact i saw i saw you on the pictures um i recently watched yeah the risks of entrepreneurship are also being publicized quite a bit right in fact every time not every time actually yeah every time kartik and i have done this twice now um you go and pitch an idea um even to your friends and family to begin with the first thing you hear is are you sure you want to do this um there's so much of risk involved and you know make sure that you take care of this and you take care of that and so um and and another another post that i read from an entrepreneurship um like founder standpoint is an entrepreneur always has to decide between what they want to do they have to reconcile the differences between what they want to do versus what they're willing to risk from from your perspective while building zeme right how do you handle those risk factors because it's not just you know when you're thinking about trying to build a business and when you're trying to lay the foundation down it's also about the risk that you face every day in trying to make the company successful and one question to add on to that is 
it's at least I've seen this pretty common in Indian households, right? Where the family will be like, or you have a lot of negative opinions about, hey, let's not start something up because I've read this in this paper or I've read that in this print media that people who start end up losing money until and unless you make it big. So how do you overcome those external noises to still keep doing what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, you're right, uh, Nandini, when you when you say the risks are now being talked about and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad there are certain forums in which where this is being talked about, but you know, initially, like I said, it's not enough yet because at least the common people don't know it yet. And you know, those are the people who are getting inspired these days to start. And uh, you know, the common perception is that yes, we can. You know, this person also started. They also always see the success stories. So uh, I'm glad this is happening. But that's also you know, I think I think we need to we need more uh, maybe more shows, mainstream shows, maybe movies talking about it so that like entrepreneurship has become a household thing because of you know uh it's been now being talked about and people are okay trying things out they, people people should also have a you know a balanced view about what if things go wrong and how really can they go wrong uh, you know what what the the ups and downs that really happen in a company so i think i think that that needs more attention is what i would say to answer the question around the negativity around entrepreneurship and uh you know how how the family is always tell you uh, to weigh the risk always see there's always this concern uh, about see including me a lot of us come from backgrounds where uh, we've been you know raised in an era where doctors engineers is what we could all become we were not you know at least i don't belong to a family where anybody has done any business before so and i'm sure a lot of us who are who are engineers and doctors and, and you know a lot of us our generation is that come do not have you know a business background so naturally these questions will be there uh, and the same happened with me as well and i remember the first time when when i quit my job to start my first startup i remember my mom would get calls from my mamas and my chachas and they would all be like why did she you know what what made her quit this job because post mba you i mean you start earning well and when you quit that the world does not understand and it was i think my parents also didn't understand but thankfully they never really at least they didn't put pressure on me i don't know how they handled those conversations but i think i think those same things will happen even now because the risks are there and i think the kind of risk that i am talking about is not just monetary because the you know the pressure that comes from parents and families is more about monetary risks that you know you quit a high paying job or you could do so so much better in a corporate earning a regular salary and you know why take the pressure on yourself etc the risks i'm talking about are not you know the non monetary risks which is if if things don't work out sometimes you start judging yourself and you know you lose your confidence in uh, being able to do things right and a lot of these you know uh, emotional uh, negatives that get set in your head because things are not working a lot of people don't talk about it which is why i like pictures so much because what they show is the actual emotional struggle of an entrepreneur it's not just about money i think money is something that we all know if with good education with good uh, backgrounds and i think today thankfully the startup experience also is valued uh, so you can you know we can always go back to jobs if if needed it'll it'll our skills will always be considered important but what we what never gets talked about is 
how would you feel about yourself and that's something which which actually doesn't even get really shown anywhere and which is you know this is the kind this is what i was referring to when i said people should be more aware when they when they jump into this because there is a whole other side apart from just monetary loss that you can actually face when you are when you don't succeed which is a you know very high possibility the the one thing that i i try and i try and do is to constantly keep learning from all the experiences that you have so that you know that even if there is a you know even if you're making the mistakes that you are you don't judge yourself for it uh you you allow yourself to make those mistakes you allow you know yourself to be vulnerable and to kind of uh, you know tell yourself that this is something that happens normally uh, in a in a space that you are in it happens to a lot of entrepreneurs it happens to the best of people and then just you know pick up from where you are and then move on and i'm sure, and i've seen enough people now in uh, uh you know in in this in the early stage startup especially where uh, they struggle and the ones who come out of that struggle uh, successfully are the ones who do not give up they always keep learning from from their mistakes from their experiences one of the biggest things that uh, i've always uh, uh, done to myself is i judge myself a lot and especially when you know it uh, you make mistakes and that's something that all of us do especially when you when you're doing so many things and trying to build a business but some of the mistakes are so obvious and so basic that you start then judging your own intelligence that you know sometimes i wonder how did i not know this this was something very basic or even things like why did i not take a timely decision uh i should have known when you, when you get into that whole spiral of being very harsh on yourself that's when uh the the you know the negative side of of things starts to become big in your head so i think the biggest learning and the biggest the, the biggest learning that this whole experience has given me is it's okay to do that uh it's okay to you know uh be dumb sometimes be not your smartest best and still just pick up from where you are and move on uh, that's a very good point because uh, kartik and i went through the same thing right like we um, we tried to start something earlier on during covid um one of the things that we realized was like the project the idea that we had was great right um but you know we went to we had some advisors on board and we were trying to get the project off the ground but it was too large scale a project for for the two of us to handle right um especially when you're starting out it's all about the product and how you can develop the product before you go and build out a team right so we were trying to build a product that was just too big for both of us to build right and we had huge competitors in that space so one of the biggest learnings from from that experience i mean it it definitely took a hit on my confidence kartik has had this happen to him many times i think he's had multiple startups where he has had to exit it takes a hit on your confidence and then but then once you get over that the lessons that you learned from that it helps a lot when you when you're building the next thing but another side to this is when you're an entrepreneur right you need to have that i think the biggest thing that helps you along the journey is conviction right you need to have that conviction for your idea you need to have the conviction to move forward um it helps you quite a bit when you're trying to build that company so um when you approach something new right like you've you've had multiple jobs you you've um, you've had multiple startups as well when you approach something new what level of conviction works for you do you usually go into it thinking this will definitely work for me so that's what i'm going to do 
or um, do you go into it thinking, I'm not sure if this will work for me, but I'm going to try and which has worked for you in the past? Actually, I, I was the other, you know, I, I used to go in with the first, you know, in the first way always that uh, I know this will work and, you know, let me just get into it. But I've realized over over the years and over after having made so many mistakes that, okay, it's not always the first, the, the conviction that you have about something can also be wrong. And which is, yeah. you know, which is what I was saying earlier that this whole thing, I mean, you know, having, having run a company now for, uh, for, for, a, for a couple of years, it just makes you realize that yes, you can be wrong, but try, fine. There's another option. There's another way to try. So now, whenever I have something new or something, you know, that we want to experiment even within the company as an idea or, you know, something, some new way of doing things. It's always about let's try, let's see where it goes. Let's not give it up before trying. So that's been the approach difference now from a, you know, from I know it and uh, I'm super confident. And when it didn't, when it doesn't work, then, you know, it comes back and you feel you get that hit on your own conviction and your ability to think versus, okay, let's try, let, let's see where this goes and let's build on it. So that's been yeah. the change in my own approach as well while doing things now. Something I always tell people that entrepreneurship is very humbling. Uh, it, 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 it grounds you. Yeah, entrepreneurship is like everyone's questioning you all the time, right? And you need to have answers. Um, so you're right, it definitely humbles you. Earlier in the interview, you, you were talking about reaching out to customers via text and then how that contextually gets misrepresented sometimes. A relevant question in that is, I'm sure you've been reading about ChatGPT3 and its ability in its chatbot capabilities. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it can be the contextual engine when you as a, uh, you as a business want to reach out to customers? Because I've been reading a lot of LinkedIn posts about, hey, we are leveraging ChatGPT3 to interface with our customers and giving them an apology message or a apology email and all of so what is your take on ChatGPT3 and its applicability in an industry like yours? Interesting that you ask this because we've actually been, you know, uh, so there are some of our team members who like literally play around with ChatGPT to figure out how can we generate content for the website or, you know, uh, does it even know things in our industry? Because uh, for us, we are all about natural ingredients and we try to give information to the world that we think doesn't exist. You know, people do not know about the benefits of ingredients, how to use them, etc. But, you know, that's, so we, we've tried, it's not like, uh, you know, we also explored chat GPT, but I think in handling customers, maybe yes, we've not explored that side of it yet, but I'll tell you, I mean, in, and this is very specific to our business. I will not, I will not uh, comment on, you know, uh, this, whether this will work or not for our industry, but specifically for our business, uh, a lot of our customers that, you know, that we, that we chat with are also people who are, you know, uh, I mean, because we, we work in India primarily, a lot of them are older women. A lot of them are, uh, uh, they chat with us and they're in either, you know, in, in, in Hindi or English fine, but a lot of them are very comfortable chatting with us in Hindi and which is something again, which is a learning because we reply on WhatsApp in English. And then you don't hear from them because, and we think that the customer is not interested. This happens a lot, by the way, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm saying, uh, uh, I, we realize it when you, when you call up that same customer and, uh, you, you know, just to figure why was there a drop in interest and you were so interested and what happened, we realize they're still interested. They're just not okay to chat. 
and when you call them you realize that they are more comfortable talking in hindi uh, than in in english so chat gpt for us may not really be very helpful because it will generate very good you know very nicely written content probably for our customer interactions but my sense is that a lot of our customers may not need that like i said specifically for my business i'm not even considering it for customer interaction but maybe for generating content for for social media or maybe for our website which you know generic content yes maybe that that can help and i'm not averse to it i think it's a uh, i know there's a lot of debate going on around it but i think uh, if, if you use it right if you use it as as a tool that it's supposed to be used i think it's a great great uh, thing for you know the industry yes a lot of content writing uh, ability which is you know which a lot of content writers people are saying will go out of jobs etc but i think i think this will this will uh, uh, it'll only create more quality i mean more people will train themselves better for different kinds of skills especially in 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 the basic content writing it was anyways becoming very commodity if i could call it that you you see the kind of content that's being generated on instagram a lot of brands doing something very similar things so there was only it was only a matter of time that it became a product which which is probably that which is probably what happened so you talk about content writing content marketing you talk about social media so you know where i'm going next which is coming up with innovative methods for marketing right so how important is it for you to keep innovating with the way you market your stuff because you do see a lot of redundant stale stuff that someone tried a particular formula it worked for them everyone wants to emulate them like how important is it for you to differentiate yourself in this social media day and age because i know a lot of startups still struggle with say search engine optimization uh establishing a well driven well established uh, social media marketing space uh, etc etc so what are what is your take on this my my take on this is give customers what they want in terms of content and uh, if if you follow that you will figure out your channels of communication with them uh, for us for example one of the things that we've discovered is yeah we we of course we talk about things on instagram but a lot of our customers like i said are older women who who do not engage much on instagram they are there they have accounts they probably see our content but they don't engage so for us whatsapp is a is a channel where you know we we engage with them we have a community that runs on whatsapp we try and share content with them individually so a lot of that works for us uh, but like i said each brand has to figure that out and i'm not saying this will be the channel where we will scale content but right now at our scale this is what is working we will we also have to figure out where is it that our customers really want to see this whole educative educational content that we are creating so i guess yeah we will we'll, i i still don't have the final answer but maybe instagram is not the channel for us given our audience so at least, i mean to answer your question i think figure out who your audience is where are they really discovering uh your kind of products or you know how are they engaging with your industry uh and then give them uh the right content there at that on that platform that's very interesting actually before i go to my last question i do want to ask about your product you spoke about it just a little bit here right um mm. i looked at your website and the first thing that screams to me is that um you know you're you're uh, making a hair care product out of organic ingredients right mm. and once once you start putting that word organic on the product 
right? Um, now you have opened the doors to a lot of competition. And there are a lot of people today who, you know, who are advertising their products as something that are organic, right? They may not be actually organic, but advertising plays a big role in what people buy, but uh, also because people don't read the labels. You're educating your audience and that's a great way to do it because a lot of lot of startups have to do that, right? They have to educate their audience to understand that what you're seeing out there is not what you're really getting. But how do you differentiate yourself from the so-called organic product? I mean, that's a, I mean, you know, the question that you asked is the question we ask ourselves each time. It is difficult for us, given that the industry is so cluttered and, uh, you know, the person who screams the loudest and has spends the maximum money uh, on calling themselves natural or organic is the one that wins and because people believe them. One of the things that uh, we realized uh, over the last two years of doing this is that whoever uses our product, they love it and then they stick to it. Our talent has been finding more such people. So, you know, one of the things that we've recently started is uh, uh, using our products, we started providing home service. We go to people's houses and we give them a hair spa, a facial with our natural products and get them to use it. Doing that, people are experiencing our product and engaging with it much better. Because uh, if, if I was to scream this out on social media that my product is the most natural, We've, which, we, which we've done, by the way, our product gets spoiled outside the refrigerator because we don't add any chemicals, any preservatives, but we have only limited money to be able to do that. You know, we cannot spend a lot on brand advertising at this scale. And then how do you make people believe? And which was, which was the problem statement we were trying to solve. And this is something that we realize is working because people are at least engaging with the product. They are experiencing it on themselves and then they're realizing that okay, natural works. And this is what natural really is compared to what I've been buying. I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, these are very early days for us to do that. But, you know, this is something that we started out as an experiment and we, we saw that at least the engagement on that was much better than on the product itself because these days, like I said, there's just too many brand, brands out there just talking the same thing. How do we differentiate ourselves is, is, is what we went out to solve. And probably this is this is the answer for that. But it is a challenge. I mean, with with so many brands out there and you know so much misinformation out there, I think I think it it'll it'll be a matter of time before people figure it out. It is it's a difficult space. Yeah, I feel like at least for me, um, I think you have a good idea there in terms of like trying the product on, right? Um, at least for me, I'm never convinced. Uh, to put anything in my hair unless like you know I've tried it once and it works but then even to get to that stage where you want to try it once that that takes a big push right this was a great interview like a one-on-one -on -one in terms of I don't know in terms of engineering to entrepreneurship kind of journey that you had and I feel like a lot of us have the same uh, journey when it comes to like entrepreneurship in terms in terms of people who are starting it from India because we always, all of us always start from engineering and we always go to um, like, you know, a business and things like that. So this, this has been great. Um, but one of the taglines that we have for EITF is success, right? Um, when Kartik and I decided to go out and start asking people for advice, we wanted to know what their recipe for success is. So how would you define success for yourself? I always look at it as short-term success and then eventually you'll get to your goal. I mean, the goal being that at least my, my goal when I started Zeme is to make make these natural home remedy based products available 
to every household in the country and bring people's faith back that's that's like the biggest reason why i started this because my discovery about natural ingredients and their power was was so you know it was it was very uh, it was a very enlightening because i i did not i did not know something this simple something which which we could actually make in our kitchen could lead to such great results on hair and skin uh, even though my mom has been using it forever and you know somewhere along the way we all uh, especially in our generation as we moved out of our houses we've given those up so my whole reason why i started was if i could feel the power of these simple ingredients uh, i need to get people's faith back in it because that's going away uh so eventually yes if i can do that i would i would treat that as success but that's a very long you know long journey i would say so i i always treat small uh, uh you know short term goals as successes for me it could be anything i mean it could be like achieving this month's targets uh being able to you know hire say a great team if that's that's something i'm trying to do so i always have these short term goals that i want to achieve or whatever you know even personally being able to stay fit despite not you know despite the kind of crazy schedule that i have so these are these short term things that i define for myself uh, because eventually i realize if i keep chasing that super long term goal all the time i will always be unhappy so i try and like you know have these bite sized goals if i can call it that and then just try and achieve those and you know feel successful uh, in those that's the way i look at success it's a very unique answer i think uh, i think a lot of folks end up seeing that like you know if i'm happy i'm successful it does lead to it but uh, you know defining what your success is at regular intervals of time also is pretty important to to get to happiness so uh, thank you so much for coming on the show i think our audience is in general going to love this interview a lot um, especially the startup scene in india there is there are a lot of things that they needed to hear uh, that came out of this interview so uh, thank you so much for joining us we look forward to releasing this interview oh, i loved it yeah, yeah.